Good evening. It's April 6th, and you're listening to Beyond Tilted, a podcast of hope, despair, and rampant fanboyism. I'm your host, Kyle Pett, and with me this week, Andrew Green and Peter Shepard, and that was the worst intro I have ever done. You have one fucking job. I we I are not job. We are not like, re-recording oh my, it. We are not re-recording it. I have I have had bad weeks too, and you've you've made me keep them in. Okay, on on the other podcast, you you, you forgot to mention the year. It is the year one AVR. Wait, what? Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's the first year after VR. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Actually, this, yeah, this would technically be year zero VR. Yeah. Do you count year zero? Yeah. Did that happen with BC and AD? Yeah, I mean, don't count the zero. No, well, yeah, it's I thought it just went from of, one to one. See, the problem is it's it was messy, right? Because mm. isn't wasn't BC before and AD was after death? Is there not a like? Oh, so is originally like in the old system, with, there's like a thirty-year gap in there with, without delving into religion here. Okay, this is not a religious podcast, folks. At, um, at least that's how I always understood. Before the theory is yes, that there was there was some some there was gap a, like thirty-year gap in. Yeah. Well, that's because now it's BCE, so they don't have to do Before that Before the common era, yeah. And the... Tangent complete! Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Tangent complete. Um, what's, uh, what you playing this week, Kyle Pat? We'll let you go first this week. Well, oh, you're letting me go first? Yeah, well, because... Well, you know. Works Must Die with you uh, late last week. Yeah. I jumped on that open beta. I was less impressed uh, than you were. Yeah, because I'm going to go into that later, and it it's our yeah. thesis topic this week too. It, I think, it's so. not that it's not that the gameplay was bad. The gameplay was fine. I had fun with the gameplay. Um, mm. It was just a little. It hitched a lot, and there were a lot of frame rate issues. Yeah, it's a beta. Yeah, they're, they're still working on it. So like, it was a beta. I get yeah. that. Yeah. It just so it wasn't. Never test a game you don't have utter faith in in beta. Never sign up for beta in a company for a company's game that you don't have complete and utter faith in, right? Because yeah. all you're gonna see is the bad side, the glitches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything I mean, else? It is. It is important. I mean, it is important to see the bad side sometimes, though, to help them improve. Yeah. You you do have to understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I play the game of Sins of the Solar Empire on. Saturday. I don't know really? why. I just I got a I got a hankering. One game and it took eight hours, right? And that is why I don't play yeah, that I, game anymore. I, but you know what? I, I had a love great to. time. Really? Yeah, I, I, I love a, that I love that game so much. I wasted so many days playing that game. Like so and Civ five too, right? Like so many yeah. days. Ah I miss it. I wish they could find a faster version of Sins of the Solar Empire and I would be which I'm hoping Battlefleet Gothic is going to be. Anyway, anything else? Uh, just the the rest are just the usual stuff. Some yeah. Halo, some Division, some WoW. Yeah. Nice. I got my got my second legendary ring in WoW this week on my mage, so that's good. Mhm. You get two. How about you? What? Uh, you well, two? I have one on my warrior, my main, and then mm-hmm. one on my alt mage. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, okay, actually, funny you should mention this. So I'm going to segue a little bit into World of uh, Warcraft. 
Um, I looked at the other specs uh, videos by that British guy. I remember you linked me the the yeah. the demonology. I, honestly, like afflictions looking pretty good too. So I think I'm gonna come back as an affliction uh, demonology warlock. Uh, well, you can be all three because there's no longer true. In theory, I could be, but with the third weapon and stuff, I don't know. May maybe we'll we'll see how hard it is to level that. You know, the yeah, to up level the artifact yeah. without the leveling process helping, which I'm assuming it does, right? To get yeah, it, it, oh, weapon. it definitely does. Yeah. Um, so and they're just they're just starting to introduce um, the actual system to acquire mm -hmm. your legendary. Oh, okay. Like they're your, sorry, your second artifact. They're testing the gates and stuff like that. How how so, how fast it levels. The, the way it, so. You're going to get your first artifact, like, almost right away. Good. Do a um, for some. They're they're working on when exactly do we let them mm -hmm. get that second one for another spec. Honestly, because obvi obviously it's important for tanks and healers to get that second artifact. Because yeah, I'd not, say everyone, not everyone levels as that main, that main endgame spec. Yeah, the first dungeon. Although they're... Although they're trying to get them hmm. at a point where you can level as a healer and a tank. Right. Yeah, I mean, at the first dungeon, like, that makes the most sense to me. I, I'm playing a dirty triple DPS class anyway now, so I'm going to have to leave my Drew behind. But I'm, I'm, re I'm ready to come back, man. I'm, re I'm waiting on, on two things. I'm waiting for the pre-patch to hit or the Canadian dollar to just trounce the U.S. dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you think is going to happen first, right? Am I right? Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Andy's clammed up. That's enough of WoW for now. Um, so, oh, what? So, sorry. Uh, Orcs Must Die. Yeah, I uh, Unchained. Orcs Must Die Unchained. Um, I really enjoyed my experience. Yeah, it was glitchy. There were some bugs, frame rate issues, blah, 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 etc. There are some massive technical issues. Uh, <laughs> load, loads of stuff. Matchmaking really selling issues. me on this game, Pete. The, the, no, there, there's low. It's a beta, Andy. Like, there's loads of issues with it. But I love the core gameplay enough that I'm just craving it. I'm craving going back and playing some more. I played some more. However, my um, my biggest sorry, I, I want to jump in here. My biggest sure. issue with it though is their launcher. Right. It is it is worse than League of Legends. Was. Originally, oh Air, originally, you know. <laughs> they fixed that. By the way, they but, just released a patch to fix most of those issues. Yeah, the the so blue, yeah. the blue, um, the blue, what was it, horde of orcs or whatever that just would never go away or whatever. Yeah, they fixed that. The patch just oh, went live today. That was never my. I never. Oh, you, I don't think I ever had. You that did run issue. into a loading screen issue in the in the. Oh, in I did run into one. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that's what you thought about. I was still in the game. Yeah. So they fixed that. Um, they've and they yeah like they're hot fixing and then patching like a bunch of stuff they can't hot fix obviously. They're 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 working fast. Um, but I am enjoying that game for what it is at the moment as a beta test and just uh, more league man. Uh, I'm 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 really I'm really liking the fact that I can just kind of pick up league. I have my my picks um now, uh you know a couple troll picks. One's literally a troll. Um, but seriously um. <laughs> On the outside of the meta and stuff like that, like nobody plays Maokai and, and Trundle in the jungle, um, so it's it's just kind of fun to have them in my back pocket, and I'm getting pretty good success with them. Um, the game is in the best state that it's been in, and it's kind of confusing that the forums are complaining, but that goes into a later topic. So gonna throw it over to you, Andy. Any playing anything new this week? 
this week I finished Salt and Sanctuary, mm-hmm. then started it again as a mage, and the game is a hell of a lot easier as a mage. In fact, it's a joke as yeah. a mage. Sounds like fun, man. I wish uh, I had a Oh, it play. is. Yeah. And I also played quite a bit of Destiny. It was Iron Banner, and I just kind of get into that sometimes. I really want to get into Destiny, too. Ah, no, you man. don't. I don't? <laughs> it sounds so much fun. Excellent. It's a game where the gameplay is the it's it's the best gun combat in first person shooter like I can remember on a console with RPG nothing I mean, else about the game because, is any good because let's be fair <laughs> it's essentially a sequel to Halo 3 right in terms of it's that it's that next iteration on the Halo 3 gameplay right. so imagine if instead of making the steaming hot pile of garbage that came after they made a game that's multiplayer was fun. To be fair, and that's I, that's I, Destiny. I, Unfortunately, they tacked on this weird pseudo MMO to it. And to be fair, I did enjoy Reach. Uh, Reach's single player immensely. Hmm. Um, okay. Did Bungie not develop five Halo Five? No. Uh, no. Four, four and five were developed by three four three. No shit, eh? Yeah. Huh. I guess I Bungie, just never realized Bungie that. Moved, Bungie moved on uh, and mm. regained their independence. They bought themselves... I think they bought themselves for Microsoft. Mm. I think that's how that worked. Yep. Because, I mean, Kotick did the same thing with Blizzard Activision, buying them out from Vivendi, right? So. I don't think they were ever officially owned. Yeah, well, well, uh, I'm not, sh- yeah, I'm not con- sure how Contracts that worked, like that are... Are weird whether guys. they were yeah. just whether they were a second party studio or whether they were a first party studio yeah well I, i'm just saying like the contract with like bungie and i guess microsoft was it or yeah it would have been between yeah. bungie and microsoft. well uh, you know like contracts like that yeah you you can't have clauses like that buyout clauses and you know and a difference in terms of profit sharing versus control of finished finished product and stuff right so it's not all just you know black and white like there's a lot of gray area in that negotiation in negotiations like that so however it, the, it's mostly black and black yeah however the the breakup had far-reaching consequences for many of the longtime mm-hmm. bungie employees yeah marty o'donnell and the head writer i can't remember his name at the moment it's escaping me uh they both essentially got booted off of destiny Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they which, did. Which that, is which that, is this why starts off really well which is to our why, topic. <laughs> which is why year one is such a mess. Did they come back to fix it in the? No, nope. no. So, so, nope. so, so, so but somebody managed. Destiny was written with like a single player campaign kind of thing in mind, except for it was multiplayer. So you go through, you learn that you're actually the bad guy, and you have to pretend to be, you know, actually saving the traveler but really you're making sure it doesn't wake back up hmm. and there's this uh Spoilers. you go to the dreadnought which didn't exist for another three fucking expansions and save a all-powerful robot war mind stuck inside of an of a robot body yeah. uh and 
None details. of this made the game. They're None of this made spoilers. it into the game. They just completely gutted all of these they characters, turned them into different characters, and made the game this weird sandbox thing where you went from quest to quest and could repeat them. And a bored Peter Dinklage, Dinklage told you something in techno babble, and then you had to defend him for like a minute. Wow. It doesn't sound. Yeah. I can see why there were issues with it, certainly. But you know what? Games like that, action RPGs and such, they're they're not. The story doesn't matter, right? They're not. The but the, the problem is, there were bits of the, there were bits of the original story, mm-hmm. that kind of peeked through. Yeah. And those bits that you saw were like, oh my god, mm-hmm. this is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it be, and partially because of how obfuscated it is. When you come across it, you're like, oh my god, there's actually a story to this game? It so they, is good? What they, the fuck happened? They just wanted to clean house then. Did those, did those guys go off and join another studio? Did they start a new yeah. one? Like, yeah. uh, Well, we, we brought up Marty O'Donnell's new studio a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's the guy behind the Golem game uh, oh, okay. we were talking about for PlayStation VR with Tyler Moore. Yeah. Um, and the writer, I believe, went back to work with Microsoft, not with not for three four three, but doing something else. Yeah. Was, I believe, what happened. So yeah, like they there was a there was a distinct creative split between those two uh, responsible for you know the Halo music and the Halo story. And yeah. that kind of the gameplay side, they didn't like the way the story was going, hmm. or something. And they they had finished. It, it's because it, <laughs> yeah, they had finished. Like, they were showing it off, and the guy goes, "No, nah, none of this works. Scrap that. We want it to be an open." And, <laughs> and uh, my my understanding was, that it was something like a six to eight month turnaround time. Yeah. Between when it, scrapped the entire story and when Destiny Year One shipped, mm-hmm. so like every single, almost every single cutscene in that game had to be reused in a way that they could say words over the way the mouth already moved, so that they wouldn't have to pay animators again, like to that level. Yeah, huh. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, it sounds like a mess. Um. Does that but anyway? Andy, over to you, news? Are you are you playing anything? We kind of went yeah. off on. Yeah. A no, tangent. those are the only two things I really played this week. Wow. It's been a. It's been kind of crazy. Wow, you've been behaving or being productive or I don't know. I don't know. Well, what do you want from me? I have two. I have two sides. One side of me hates wasting time on video games. The other side of me loves video games. So yeah. Um. Still waiting for Dark Souls. Let's let's Dark talk Souls. about the news. Yeah, news, please. News. Dark Souls is uh, it's getting Dark reviews. Souls is in the news. It is. It's getting <laughs> reviews. It's it's out on Tuesday. It's oh, already wow. been beaten by speedrunners in under two hours, yeah. wow. and it's still not out because fuck me, right? It's hmm. giving very good reviews. Currently, it's sitting at a ninety on Metacritic and an eighty-eight on Open Critic. That's pretty good. Yep, 9.5 from IGN, 94 from PC Gamer, Game Informer gave it a 9.3. Hmm. Uh, wait, is, can't it? wait to finally fucking play it. Destructoid <laughs> gave it an 8.5, GameSpot gave it an 8, so it's 
uh, getting pretty good reviews. People seem to like it, but it's yeah. still not out. Well, that that core community or whatever. This ties into later, so I'm gonna go through it really quickly, yeah. guys. Um, that you know loves that sort of gameplay, loves it, right? I'm well, not sure if I still get it. To be honest, a big dude. thing about those games is you get into them day one. No one knows what the fuck is going on. You communicate with people with weird runes on the ground and either lie to them or tell them about secrets you've found. And then you try to all compile it and figure the game out and what the fuck's going on because everybody brings their own piece to the table. It's exploration. It's brutal. And it's great. But instead, some people have already written an entire fucking guide and half the world hasn't even seen the game. It's a very Japanese style game, too. Which is odd, because it doesn't do well in Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? But they got yeah. early access, and it doesn't do well there. What? Yeah, they just, uh, just it's made, the beta It's test. made by a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. Um, it sells so, like gangbusters in the West. So I know, Pete, you don't really have any news. Andy, do you have any uh, news you want to bring up? Do you have a story you want to... Me? Yeah. No, Andy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I said, he, I know you don't have any. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Andy, I got do you have anything? Uh, no, not really. Nothing okay. Nothing really newsworthy has happened. I'm sure the news sites would like to disagree with me on that, but I they're mean, wrong. I mean, we can I've talk got, about League a little. I've got a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of a Mass Effect Andromeda game hit gameplay leak uh, over the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, not much. It's literally like two minutes at most. Some of it's just kind of tech showing off mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, this is <laughs> it's literally like a 3D Studio Max or equivalent screen showing how the explosion bloom works. Um, that's part of the video. Uh, but we did get to see, it looks like you may in fact, just like in the trailer, have a jetpack on your back so that you can kind of hop around. Huh. Give you a little bit more verticality. Yeah. That that's kind of right. cool. Which could be an interesting wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Jetpacks are not that new to the genre, are they? No. <laughs> I mean, that game, that, that series, game. yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, there's tribes that flourished with it, right? Tribes is a first-person shooter, though. Oh. Well... Talk- Mass Effect is a third-person cover shooter RPG. Yeah, I, I haven't actually played it. I, it looked like a shooter to me, all the gameplay I saw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here, unfortunately, that's not what it used to be. But, you know, that's what it is now, and it can enjoy itself. Yeah, I won't, but, you know, it can. I love it. It's great. I still really like Mass Effect. It's probably my favorite franchise from the last generation. Really? I really liked the first one. Yeah. The second one made, tried to make improvements, but made some missteps as well. But I appreciate it for what it was trying to do. And then the third one seemed to have learned all the wrong lessons from two. See, I'd say... The opposite. I think two is the worst of the three. 
oh, I don't disagree that two is the worst. I just can appreciate that two is trying to mix up the formula in a way that would make the game more accessible and playable from one. And I actually think one is the best one. In I, I agree with you. One is the best one. Okay. One One has some very terrible gameplay. Um, some of the gameplay is really bad. Specifically how you get in and out of cover. I I think you can break that entire game by just getting the black hole ability on one of your guys and just I mean, being like, yes. oh, cover doesn't exist, we win. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is true. And but... then two and three, it's just uh, disable shield, burn off armor, pop once in head, repeat until all things dead. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> But one's gameplay is far tighter than two's, or three's gameplay is far tighter than two's. And and then I you mean, not, if we're gonna talk Mass and, Effect, we have and, to and talk also, about the ending. Th- three also did give you a little bit more choice in terms of how your powers were customized. Ah, uh, choice! What a good word. <laughs> See, okay, so we're gonna get into this ending discussion, and Pete's gonna go wander off for. 15 minutes as we discuss the oh, end. No, no. I, 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 I already have. This to you, Pete. I already have. It's a game where you make butterfly effect like decisions throughout the course of three games, mm-hmm. and then they end with you getting the ending in different colors. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard this before. I've. I've seen. Okay. I've seen somebody and that's make not a, a joke. They made like a, a web not, diagram or whatever. They showed a web a diagram joke. of one, and it was like a lot of like various, you know, you know, branches. And then two, which was a little simpler, it kind of looked like you know a subway system. Uh, I, actually, I actually, city with an actual subway system. Two had three was just one line like a train track, and they were like, "This is it." So. Oh no 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 so, no! Even even three had a bunch of branches, but at the end, it all comes together and goes, "Make one of three choices." <laughs> oh, okay. So I think the pro- so there's a couple problems with the room and the ending specifically. One, I I feel like. Three, for the most part, the whole game is kind of the ending to the story. And I think a lot of people are so focused on those last three minutes. Because they're so bad. <laughs> well, if you build if you build up a story, you like that's why a lot of writers start at yeah. the end How do you... and work their way backwards. Okay. So any asshole can part, write a beginning. Part <laughs> of the pro- and part of the problem with the ending is you probably shouldn't have had a choice at the end. No. Yeah. I think that, that was the problem. Yeah. Because yeah. there there's nothing wrong with, you know, branching off and then no matter what mm-hmm. you do, eventually you come to this point. Right. Right? And I think that they should have done that and the writers should have had the balls to make a decision and be like, No, this is what Shepard does. You don't think the community would oh, I mean, this actually kind of segues into our main it's topic. But again, holding up, holding about up. mind control and indoctrination. They could easily a hand waved us you, not having a decision. You don't think yeah. that the community would have rebelled because that switched format from the first two previous I, games in terms of? I think the community rebelled mm-hmm. with giving, being given three different ending choices. So yeah, so what you probably would have done. Gotten, I yeah. think the. I fit the problem with Mass Effect. I think no matter no matter how they ended it, mm-hmm. the community was going to rebel. Yes, you know, but 
this was and somehow worse than anything I could have imagined. This is some of why Robert Ro- Robert Roger Ebert um, was so against video games as being a true art form, like like cinema. Things like this coming up, you know. He didn't have any ex- exact examples because he didn't play video games, but I think this would be a perfect example for him, right? Okay, Where you'll you'll have to like give. A little bit more context, because I'm not exactly sure. Roger Ebert did not believe that video games were actually art, but this is the same man who had to write essays back in the day about how movies were actually art and could be considered as artsy as books. Which has always been confusing, but I mean, I think that this, this situation is if the player is making decisions to change the way they perceive the narrative, right? Then that like delegitimizes that's not a word it makes it less legitimate when the 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 artistic vision that the director for the game has their director in quotation no because the 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 director the creative director's vision for the game uh includes those choices and right like that's if they didn't want them they wouldn't put part of the creative direction is having those choices and the i think the other thing is, I think, knowing that, you know, eventually you're going to want to revisit that universe, right? Yeah. And, and they've, they've taken a fairly lengthy break. It's been five plus years now. Since the end uh, of the last game. Since, since the end of Mass Effect 3, and we're looking at probably another year. Uh, it's supposed to be out early next year. And what is this? What is this game exactly? Is it going to be single player? Is there going to be multiplayer? It's going to be, it's it going to be well? single player. There will probably be multiplayer in probably the form it took in Mass Effect Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably something like a horde mode mission based thing, which was oh. fairly fun. I don't know whether Andy played it at all when he not even remotely. But I had a I had a good time. I, mean, I didn't play it a lot, but I probably played 10, 10 oh, 15 hours of multiplayer. On the Roger Ebert front, I know we just shit all over his view on video games, but the the man was pretty great. Oh, he was. Oh, he was. Sorry. Yeah, he was. Okay. I Sorry, I was just explaining that to somebody recently um, who was uh, asking some things about Roger Ebert and, and such. And uh, yeah, no, obviously he was. It's just weird that somebody who was trying to fight to legitimize their passionate um, artistic craft that they, you know, devoted their life to would be so uh, blindsided by um, <laughs> I, I, the next big medium, I guess you could call it, yeah. or whatever, video yeah. games, you know. It's I, I think there's also there's also a difference in that discussion in terms of your big blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Versus the small little indies, right? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I think Ebert would have been a big fan of Papers, please. Yeah, he he probably would have. <laughs> so I, it's different, and I'm not that familiar with uh, Mr. Ebert's views uh, on movies, yeah. but um, it if wouldn't you, surprise, you it need wouldn't... to after this podcast is over read his review of North. Hmm. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he was not a big fan of action movies and like he loved movies for the sake of the craft so in other words 
and this is where he differed from Cisco a lot on on their their famous. So show. he he would he, he would back up the action. Movie. Cisco was art 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 black and white drama with you know beaches and water coming in and a rose yeah. falling into the water art art art, and Ebert was you know what that art film was awesome I loved it but you know what Fast and Furious is its own genre it's it's its own little niche fair it's enough ridiculous it you know but it's it's still a piece of art it's just a piece of entertaining art so he would lo- he would change his expectations okay. uh depending it's on not... what the movie was marketed as we're, we're kind of getting a little sidetracked here oh we are I, I, a little I, oh, we are i, I do because ha- i have a problem with a lot of current critics that's that's part of the fun it they can't kind of separate that in video games, they, you mean? They go, they go. Well, in video games or in movies. Well, let's try to they tie this back sep- into video games. <laughs> they, can, they can't separate. Well, yeah. this is a, it's a pop culture podcast. It is, we, it we, is, it is. But yeah. yeah, it, I, it, it's hard. It's like, uh, especially for people like my our parents. My, my parents go. They read the review in the newspaper. Mm. And it gets one star, and they would not go see. They will not go see that movie. They're like, right. "Why are you going to go see that movie?" Right. Like, cause it's fun. Also, like, where did you find a newspaper? My pa- my parents still get a newspaper delivered to their house every day. God, why? Because that's because that's they have the a pet bird. No. To be to be fair, I I enjoy sitting down with a nice newspaper in my hand every once in a while and reading the paper. There's something soothing and calming about it. You have uh, a tablet. <laughs> yeah, but you have it's, a tablet. It's it's 1916. I mean, it's 2016. It's different, Andy. <laughs> it, it just is, and it's it's the history major in me. I like that. I like the book. Right, I like I, as much as I love digital and I love my Kindle, there's also something special about reading a big, fat, thick book. Mm. <laughs> I mean, sure, great. No, but a newspaper is different from a newspaper is by definition no longer a newspaper <laughs> because news is instant now. Yeah, but there's still lots of editorials and things like that in the paper. Other YouTube comments. Opinions. YouTube comments are all the editorials I need. Okay. Yeah. Of course they are, Pete. Yeah. Like, how else will I know what my mother sits around? <laughs> so, um, do we do we so, do we want to carry that thread any farther? I I I, I oh, do I, have I, some I stuff do. to add, but Mass Effect. I, I I felt like I had more salient points. But I feel like we've gone so far off topic that even if we do go back... I think that's a good idea for a, a show later that. on, hey? I think we uh, need put, to handle put a pin the in PR that. nightmare. For, yeah. our, for our thesis topic, I think that's a pretty good show topic and later on is just uh, cr- uh, video game criticism and how, you know... Anyway, but yeah, not sure exactly how we'd structure the thesis. Um, sorry, so, uh, so I'm bringing up my news and then we're going into the thesis topic, yes? You have yes. news? Okay, so yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. thought of some. Uh, League of Legends. Tough, League of Legends. Um, okay. We're going to start just a little bit going over um, who won this week. So um, for non-League fans, fast forward like Lost five minutes. Lost 
Yeah, TSM one. Dude, that game is surprising. I saw it in the first loss. This is going to be really technical league talk, by the way, guys. So if you don't play league seriously, like fast forward five or six minutes. But anyway, I saw it in the first loss. Rush is a mechanically strong jungler. He is the most mechanically strong jungler in North America. I would argue, actually, on the on the biggest variety of jungle champs. Rainover is a, is the better jungler, but Rush, in terms of true hardcore mechanics, is the best in North America. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. So him picking such a mechanically dud of a champion like Kindred just confuses me. Yeah, yeah, everyone says Kindred's hard to play. I didn't say she wasn't hard to play. She's got an incredibly big learning curve, okay? Yes. But Kindred is not hard to play because of mechanics. She's hard to play because of decision-making, okay? So um, how you use her marks and stuff like that, targeting players right before the gank, um, decision-making, decision-making. Those are not mechanical things. Um, when to use her, her dash ability or whatever to kite. Again, that's more of a decision-making thing than it is mechanical. She has no skill shots. And soon her ult's only going to be castable on herself, not a teammate. So there really are no mechanics on her kit. And he picks Devourer in LCS. And nobody's picked Devourer all flipping season in LCS. And there's a very Again, good point. And we saw it in all three games. People have picked Devourer several times. Okay, sorry. Specifically while playing Kindred. Not many people have picked Devourer. In other words, there is not a quote-unquote Devourer. You've Yeah. There is not a Devourer meta in the LCS right now where everyone's just going Devourer. Trundle's going Devourer in the jungle. Nautilus is going Devourer in the... You know, you, that's what I meant to say. Yes, Kindred, I guess, is the one exception. I didn't check the statistics or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure that last loss, which was a really, really quick win for TSM, he didn't even have... This is the no-fact zone. I, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure he didn't even have it fully stacked, and it's it's exactly what always terrifies me about Devourer and solo queue. And then I remember, or you know what I mean, YOLO queue, before you cow pet me on that too. Um, and then I remember, um, I'm in YOLO queue, so I probably can get the stacks. In competitive play, you can't get the bloody stacks, man. You just can't. The other teams are going to steal Dragon from you. They're going to rotate around the map. They're going to place deep wards in your jungle. They're going to get ganks in other lanes because they know exactly where you are, or they're going to stop you from farming it. Honestly, that was not Rush's fault. That was the coach's fault for picking him that champion three games in a row when they were going on a loss streak. And the thing that really pisses me off is that ultimate of hers baited C9 into so many terrible fights that they would not have taken had they not had that really... I don't know what to call it. I hate that ultimate, though. Terrible ultimate. So, yeah. But it, it's not... It's The problem with that ultimate mm -hmm. is... It's really good when you're ahead. Yep. It's terrible when you're behind. And you have nobody on your team who can knock the enemy team out of the ultimate, which they didn't have that either. Uh, give me a fucking Gragas top for crying out loud. That was totally on Lemonation for terrible drafts. And good on TSM for finally pulling it together because they definitely sort of reverse sweep them with, uh, you know, the first game being a loss. And kudos to them. Um, and then the Team Liquid versus Energy. I mean, I'm not surprised by that. I'm actually a little scared for CLG this week coming up, to be honest. A little. 
Um, it's it's liquid. They'll lose. They'll get fourth place. W- w- Don't worry, Pete. Yeah, here here here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> it has it ha- Here's it why. It, so it shall be. This is my this is my theory about uh, about Team Liquid and why they're why they're probably gonna lose to CLG. Although I'm still a little worried, but um, because they're cursed. You, you can't, well because it's they're cursed. Really number one. Mean. Number two. You can't put Piglet in a standard lane because while he will trounce Stixa. Aframu will carry Stixe through the early game, and then the rest of CLG will trounce him and the rest of Team Liquid, you know, mid-game. And you can't put him in a lane swap against Darshan, because you can't. <laughs> so, you know, as CLG has that um, tower, um, or that split-pushing strategy in their back pocket, which is undefeated in North America... Um, that they can pull out at any time if some of their other comps are, you know, a little shaky or whatever. Um, and, I mean, they they destroyed Team Liquid last time they did the split push. Destroyed. So, um, anyway, that's that's my my view on League this week. Um, unless you have something to say about heading into the next week's games. I mean, so, TSM's playing Immortals. Yeah. Uh, the the TSM well. fan in me is just laughing. <laughs> Immortals doesn't know what's coming. The the realist in me is a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Immortals has looked pretty good. Now, they've faltered in recent weeks. They have a little bit. Um, and we also we've we've never seen this team in a best of series yet. Yeah. They could be tilty. Um, they could be. They could be tilty. I mean, they're pretty untilty they week to week. They, but... they have the pedigree. They have the pedigree. Yeah. Uh, from best ofs with Rainover and Hooney and Wild Turtle and Pobelter. like they've I... all won. They've all won splits at different points in time. Yeah. Apart. Um, the the other concern I have is they've only really played one style. Yeah, they've only needed one uh, style. Have they worked on other styles? Have they worked on other comps? Have they worked on it? Like if <sighs> if that's all TSM has to beat, mm-hmm. and if they get you know three sh- three shots at trying to beat it, yep. I think um, I think Rainover is going to be if Immortals wins, it's going to be on on Rainover basically on his back. It will because the early game pressure because of his decision making skills he makes combined with his mechanical play is off the charts there's nobody like him in north america nobody his his ability to look at the map and know exactly where he needs to be and the other the other point for immortals is that i feel the wild turtle is the uh better risk reward uh math person in bot lane between him and double lift double lift takes terrible risk yes double gets, lift will just go hard yeah double lift will go hard period <laughs> horribly punished for it wild turtle knows exactly the, when T- to go hard tsm got rid of turtle because he just yep. dove in regardless flash for kill who do right. they pick up the person who dives in even more than wild Turtle. seriously um i'm hoping to see some Siver comps i really really am and i and both both um both 80 carries and both teams have been known to play with Siver comps in the past so I think yep. I think that's been a little underutilized this half of the split. I know I think, we've seen it, but so I think bottom lane kind of evens out more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, they bo- I think they both have their pluses and minuses. Double lift will definitely out farm wild turtle, given yeah. the chance. Um, I and I think yellow stars 
shot calling will be better than Adrian's, although they really need to get Adrian off that Soraka and Janna. And I think if they can get him <laughs> off Soraka and Janna... You think they're going to double ban support out in a best of five? They may they may at least one game. I'd try it first game, and if it if it doesn't work and Adrian still performs, I'd try the next strategy. But I think you're because, right. Because, like, that's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of it a lot of them is Adrian um, like dominating and like mm-hmm. saving their team. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the times their team fight wins come off of Adrian just giving a clutch Janna ultimate or a big heal off at just he, the right moment. He was an incredible pickup on on Vulcan Fantasy Esports last last season, wasn't he? Good God. I mean, as far as supports go, how cheap he was and how many points he could get you. Mm. Yeah, he's he's a, he's clutch, man. He's he's almost <laughs> as good as Aphromoo, I'd say. I, I think Aphromoo's better because he plays more styles, though. I think TSM has the better mid laner. Uh, like, yeah. Period. Full stop. Bjergsen's oh, yeah. the best. Bjergsen's the best mid laner in North America. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, if if I, mean, if I know I know he didn't get a lot of credit this season because TSM was kind of sticking him on utility pages. Yeah. Well, down in the dumps for most of the season. Yeah. They weren't. They they all weren't performing that well. But mm. when push comes, he's mechanically better than Pope. He Bjerg is better in best of series too. I've noticed, like for something changes in him and he just starts to carry. Something cha- something yeah. changes in the whole way the in, the entire team, <laughs> the entire organization thinks. Yeah. So. Because this isn't the first time they've had kind of, eh splits, mm. and they've come into playoffs and they've just lit it up. Yeah. Um, this is definitely junk- a first for them. Jungle definitely is going to go to Immortals. Yeah. Um, and I think top lane, I think top lane's a toss-up. Really? Yeah. You think Monster's that good? I think it's the TSM organization have been holding Monster, Monster back think, all season. So I think Monster's that good, but I also don't think Huni is that great. No, Rain overtipped him ahead. Yes. Every and game. I think that's, that is the only reason Huni is good. Is because Rainover gets him ahead. Yeah. So I think, I, and we've seen it when mm. Huni has been put down, they struggle. Yeah. Yeah, that is usually when they have kind of rougher games. Um. So I'm not going to get to watch them live this weekend, unfortunately. I've, I have other plans. I'm going to be traveling and such. But uh, it might be good that I miss this week, so we're ready for the you know what we're doing for finals the week after because. Yeah, I, I I I might not be able to watch on Sunday anyway, even if I wanted to. I'll be biting my nails. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, so we're headed into the finals and the playoffs, right? And uh, the league community, uh, this is uh, segueing into our thesis okay. topic today. You don't is, really need to now. I am going right? to continue the, to say the, it the, every either. time. No. The idea is you make such a terrible segue that we call you out for making a terrible segue. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, so um, uh, I have not seen the League of Legends subreddit this negative, especially during playoffs when it's mostly people being distracted by the playoffs. 
yeah. they are extreme. Every champion sucks. They hate the Tarek. They hate the, you know, they're still bitching about Skarner. They hate the, you know, like they, 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 they hate. They hate I noticed they hate the SKT skins. The patches, hate... the SKT skins. I'm just insane, insane amounts of hate. Right. And, and yeah. this, I mean, this is, this is, I'm not, I have not seen the league subreddit this negative in, in two or three years now. So, I mean, my thesis, the thesis statement here for the for the main topic is just um, company PR and and my stance on it. I'm gonna say is that I think that even large international organizations and companies, the biggest ones like EA and such, like don't care. They 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 the PR to them is their marketing team. If you can convince enough assholes to buy five million copies of your game, <laughs> cash out, you're good. That's that's their strategy. Okay. Then it's the the larger and uh, more independents, you know, Blizzard, Activision, Riot, uh, whatever else you want to, you know. I love that you consider Blizzard. I still consider a them an. In- I still consider. Yeah. Even though uh-huh. no, they are. Yeah. E- it's EA Ubi Activision. I still consider. It's EA I st- Ubi yeah. Activision. What what it, whatever 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 man. No, um, they are they're not they are not part of that middle group. And the smaller companies that definitely um, can definitely afford or definitely can't afford good PR. So you basically need somebody to fulfill that role. So, I mean, huh, there's so many uh, points to bring up here. Like, I almost feel like I kind of want to start by just uh, throwing over a little bit. Like, remember the Nikasaur who was running their community management and such like that um, early on for Riot, right? And how big her videos are the Summoner Showcase and all that, like that was pretty significant for Riot in terms of fostering really goodwill in the community, right? Yeah. So, so where have where has Riot gone wrong in the last? Because we have other examples from other games where a video game company is too transparent with their player base, and they they listen to them too much, and it all goes off the rails. So, Riot's not doing that now. They're not listening too much. They're definitely not. I say they're listening the right amount. Like, what what is going on here? Are people just pissed we didn't get Earth? Um, you know, like yes. I, I, <laughs> they, they all, well, Riot said a month and a half ago we weren't giving Earth on April first. That's uh-huh. an April Fool's and why joke. Why would you believe them? Yeah, That's right? an April Fool's joke. Yeah. So, um, like, but they they set it out in like a very clear reasoning. They're like, it will come back. Mm. It's coming back is part of you know a rotating system where we're they're going to put featured game modes in a queue. Yeah, I'm pretty excited and about they're, that. And they're and they're waiting to get all of that stuff sorted out before they bring it back. Oh sorry, they they're also complaining about no solo queue too, by the way. That's sorry, that's that's a big complaint as well in my subreddit. Oh no, I uh, can't so, play with the toxic do, assholes. Sorry, do all you alone. guys feel like companies are especially companies with resources to pay for it are doing enough? Um, in terms of good PR, because no. I, I, I don't, it, the, the industry lags far behind. Yeah. Industry doesn't give a fuck about you. Mm. Like they make their money and they're done. I mean, let's right. Like the games that have to stay alive, they, they do more. I mean, as you've seen, riots made giant strides to try to make their community less toxic mm. mostly failing but trying but the fact that they're trying is 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 impressive right i mean it makes you feel more confident in the company and its future right yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. i still haven't activated my chat like <laughs> i don't even have allied chat that shit is not on my screen 
So, um, a good a good example of this, and the reason why I felt it was kind of topical to bring this topic out, as well as we couldn't think of any other ideas this week. Uh, but no, Orcs Must Die Unchained. And um, the Orcs Must Die 1 and Orcs Must Die 2. So Unchained is technically 3. Sold millions of copies of the first two games. Is it? Built a huge community of players that absolutely love the game type. A great blend of uh, tur- like turrets or traps, they're called in that game, and the hero that you get to play as. Um, people love that game to death. I-, I-, I didn't get that much time to play the first two, I'm not going to lie, but I own both of them on Steam, and I have enjoyed when I have gotten a chance, and I get that itch to play them. So they go into the, they go into the workshop after Orcs Must Die 2. They take all that money, and they throw it at developing a MOBA. First and foremost, which is Unchained, which is called Siege Mode. Okay? Then they tack on a survival mode in the closed beta, at the end of the closed beta, throw it out into open beta, which is the shitstorm we've seen this week, and they're getting terrible reviews from the community. From the fan base that made their company big robot entertainment in the first place they are getting terrible reviews from them because the game is not close enough to the originals because they're trying um uh free to play um uh, freemium model like league of legends they're regularly releasing heroes with different skill sets uh new new traps new items that you can equip and such like that what could they have done differently to try to branch out to the community a little bit better without spending, you know, millions of dollars on some big marketing PR firm. Like, <laughs> should they yeah, just cut uh, their losses not here? David over Orcs Must Die? Make Orcs Must Die 3 and then well, tackle... No, like, just yeah. not name it Orcs Must Die. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we came up with that you, last night. We were thinking, yeah, you, yeah. You made a game that has yeah. nothing to do with the IP you've attached it to. Yeah, I, and I was telling you, I mean, there's not there are orc cards. I, I'm not going to get too into the details of it because I explained to you last night. It was kind of confusing, right? But basically, in the PvP mode, you can send minions at your opponents. They can send minions at you. There are, are orcs that you can send at your opponents, and they can send at you. But um, it's not exclusively. In fact, most people send other, you know, like fast shit through or big bears with clubs and, and stuff like that through. So, um, yeah. I think that was a huge disaster, like a huge mistake. Like the 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 risk reward there, I guess, was they were they were hoping that the people that would not feel too betrayed by the name and with the fact that it's free to play, so it's not like you know we convinced you to buy this off our name only, right? And that the reward would be, uh, maybe some of those people would, or most of those people would come and play it and at least give it a shot, right? But. Now, look, just recently I've read a couple of, like, organic, it coming up in a couple of organic threads on various news sources and stuff like that, where people are actually speaking out against the bad reviews, and they're like, hey, check it out, it's a good game, guys. Um, It's kind of rough if you're a fan of the first two games, and you come in to a kind of buggy beta, like we were saying, and, you know, it's completely different, and traps feel different, and, you know... I'm not sure how much I because I haven't played the siege mode yet, so I'm not sure how that translates. Um, so, hmm. I I just one of the things that's really annoying to me mm-hmm. is I get that the fan base is important, but mm-hmm. I also think fans, especially today, and because 
you're they're the teams are no longer developing in a vacuum with so, social media with right lots of betas with like in the all of days. that <laughs> yeah uh the littlest things will turn the community and, and for no reason hmm. for no reason they have no reason to be upset yeah the gaming community has had reasons to be upset in the past mm-hmm. um not liking the direction a developer has chosen in to new, take their yeah. IP yeah. Um, in a slightly different direction, although still completely recognizable because I I do think it makes sense to follow the Arcs Must Die. I think it still oh. fits the uh, it still fits the general inspiration yeah. um, of the game. Uh, it still feel it still feels and plays more or less the same. Yeah, it feels like it feels like an evolution, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of the times fans don't like people don't like change, mm-hmm. right? They don't want they they want Orcs Must Die three, but they don't because they just want a pretty prettier Orcs Must Die two, well, or they... prettier Orcs Must Die one. They do have but, Orcs Must Die 3, though. Survival mode is... Okay, and one thing they complain about, the traps aren't strong enough because more of the strength has been added to the heroes because they needed to to make it a PvP MOBA, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah, that's the biggest complaint. The traps aren't strong enough. They don't feel... Okay, so... Because it's not a core Orcs Must Die game. It's an offshoot. It's mm-hmm. kind of like... A, like, I can bring up quite a few examples here of things where this happened. Let's start with the penultimate, the Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts. Right. I've been waiting for Banjo 3 for fucking ever, and Banjo's finally back, except for this game has nothing to do with Banjo-Kazooie. Why is he in it? What's going on? Why why is Banjo here? What the fuck is happening? They're using a trait character. It wasn't a bad game, mind you. Okay, it wasn't a terrible game, mind you, but it was not the game I thought thought i was getting into and i was pissed so they're using a trademark character but still developed by the original developers they did their they did themselves a disservice their game got judged more harshly right because they promised even in their advertising a game that was not what they made right and then we can go to xcom if you remember that debacle we had XCOM Declassified, which was originally kind of weird survival horror murder mystery kind of thing in the XCOM universe. Mm-hmm. That got announced as a weird third-person shooter thing before was it, the uh, XCOM was it third remake. third or was it first? I, I feel like it was first. It may have been first. I don't know. It looked kind of cool to me, but I was also thinking, where the fuck is just XCOM? I want to play that, not a first-person shooter. And then they announced XCOM, you know, with Firaxis, where it was just, hey, it's XCOM again, kind of. And everyone's happy now. You can go back to making your weird thing because the thing we actually cared about exists. You can make your weird offshoot. Everyone's happy. We'll even try that. But no, they heard that negative response because people were pissed. And honestly, why wouldn't they have been? And they went, oh, well, we've made it into a shitty tactical third-person shooter that nobody liked. Yeah. So See, that's the, an the example other, of them listening too much. The other problem is yeah. people complain that we're just getting the same things over and over and over again. But then when they people, change something. People, are, people aren't taking 
risks in their games. Yeah. We're just getting Call of Duty clones yeah. and WoW clones and all of this. But yet, when people try and make these yeah. new, innovative, yeah. interesting games going into different direction, because the other the other thing about uh, XCOM that I remember is uh, the bureau was set in the fifties or sixties, right? Yes. So it was like it was like a period shooter too, and people were just like, "What? Like what? No, like." I'm like, can we not just you? You've got to let them make their games. Let yeah. them ma- let them make the game before you get up in arms over whether or not their, it's bad. Their Ma- first let them make it and play it. I their think first we... run of that game was this weird survival horror thing, and when it came out in the end, it was a terrible like tactical shooter with health sponges. I, to be uh, fair, X. XCOM had had some pretty terrible games before the Bureau, too. XCOM had been on hiatus for over 20 years. You can't just bring that back and be like, now it's a first-person shooter and not expect people to flip out. No, there there have been... They they kept getting cancelled. There have been previous attempts at uh, other XCOM first-person shooters, if I'm not mistaken. Like, the it wasn't a new, unique idea. Um, if I'm, it was just people wanted enemy unknown, and nobody had said they were making it. Yet. Yeah, if they had said that first, nobody would have given a shit. Yeah. And that's the problem. You can't, you can't go and innovate on something that only had a very small niche in the first place. Because that think, niche is pissed. You just I, abandoned them. It, I think it's <laughs> it's hard to innovate, period, now. That's true. Whether, whether or not you have a niche or not. In a market but this competitive? The problem yeah. is the people who are quote-unquote innovating are the same people who are making the game that isn't the one everybody's already making. So, sorry, just to bring this back to Works Must Die really quickly, because I kind of want to wrap that up, put a pin in it, so we can move on to a couple of other examples of PR blunders in the past and such, right? So uh, I think it's just kind of a tempest in a teapot situation. I think it's probably going to die down. But I think it's it was risky to change the game format even as much as they did with the change in business format. Very risky because they don't know even if that business model is viable for that kind of subgenre they've created right now. I'm, I'm excited about it, right? I've been, ra- I've been raving about it every time I can with you guys, right? I'm excited about it. You won't shut the fuck up. A new hero added every so often that, you know, I can... And it's relatively generous with how easy it is to acquire the new heroes and stuff like that. New play style to just kill random shit with. It sounds like a very fun time for me. I I think, you know, the company's big enough, too, they could recover from this being even, you know, having some trouble getting off the ground. We'll have to see after the beta, but... um, Maybe by, like, because I noticed when the CEO did his AMA, he ignored the trolley questions, you know? Yeah. Well, why do you I think mean, your game's shit and it's shit? Because it's not, to or be, must to I want to do Almost anyone who does an AMA ignores those trolley questions. Yeah. Unless part of the reason to do the AMA is to engage with the trolls and to make fun of them. Yeah, right? 
And unless you were able to do that, you know, it's it, but but the fact that they wanted to come out and do an AMA to try to a generate buzz for the uh, beta, and uh, secondly, oh, I switched it up there, uh, uh, but to uh, to just reach out and let their community, their core player base know, you know, hey, like you know, we haven't ignored you completely. I want to hear your concerns here. I think it was pretty classy. I think it was a pretty good PR move. I'm not sure they could have done much else than they have done now to try to restore things and honestly their pipeline seems decent to me so far uh content wise i'm not sure but they're in terms of fixing stuff for a small company like you know they, they are a relatively small outfit um they seem okay uh, another complaint was uh you know what never mind not going to go into it because i want to move on to world of warcraft um that is a great example of where blizzard has shifted their view on pr and how you reach out to the community and how you filter information back has wildly fluctuated throughout its life i mean we're talking about a game that's existed for how many years now 10 years uh no more than that uh 12 in november 12 12 years this november and for the first like leading up to wrath of the lich king it was basically taking in everything the community said and it was just their pipeline stopping it from coming out immediately I'm exaggerating for the sake of argument here, Kyle Pat. Don't jump down my throat here. There was quite a bit and, where they were going off can, entirely. What? Uh, uh, yeah. What were those guys' names? Tiggle and Fuhrer. Oh yeah, those guys. Okay. Then they then they have a shift after Wrath. The success of Wrath of the Lich King. The success of having amazing like the the, the game was at its best state in my opinion because I guess their pipeline was able to to be slow enough that they could filter the bad ideas out that the community was throwing at them. They listened to this small nagging one to 5%. We can't agree on the actual number, right, Andy, but small segment of the community, the elite gamers, the pro, you know, guys competing for world firsts and such like that. They listened to them and they release a couple of the worst expansions I have ever played in my entire life. I mean, it was like night and day. Sure, you can say the magic was gone. Sure, you can say Raid Finder ruined it. I don't care what you say. All all of the things... Oh, the watering down of the classes. All the things that sucked was because those they listened to that small minority and they redesigned the game around it. This is where you and I differ on this. I don't believe that it was <laughs> the elites they were following. Uh. I think they were following the casuals but trying to still make things for the elite content, you know, elite content for them. Mm. And to do both of these, they had to make the most watered down shit they could. Just a watery, horrible, runny shit. Yeah. All over the side pole. Cataclysm was them catering to the elites. I agree with Pete there. Mm -hmm. The, the difficulty jump between cataclysm and we've talked about this before. Between Cataclysm and between Wrath of the Lich King and Cataclysm, yeah, was I so think... was Go so on. much in terms of heroic five man content. Yeah, it, like it's not fun. It drove people away from. The game. I yeah. think you're. I I think you're seeing this differently because you don't remember that the content got way the fuck easier right before Cataclysm. I I. It did get way the fuck easier, but way before. And when they tried to balance back to it, suddenly 
we had a bunch of people who they had gone it. up and come through this easy bullshit, hitting this now, mm. in some cases, just broken. They but made it in artificially most cases, hard. Legitimately hard stuff yeah. and going, oh my God, hard. I have to use CD, CC, CC? Cataclysm, what is, CC? What is cataclysm a sheep? Was, I'm going to yeah. hit the sheep. Cataclysm <laughs> was ridiculous because it wasn't strategically hard. It was artificially hard. It was constant gear checks at every tier. Constant. I'm not. I'm not talking about gear checks are fine in an MMO RPG environment. I understand why designers have put them in, but when every single fight is a gear check, you, you're you're designing your game wrong. I'm sorry. Yes, I don't know correct. much yeah. about game design, but I know you're designing your game wrong. So gear checks are something you throw in the middle of a current raid so that you can stop people from just blowing through it. The PR yeah. <laughs> blunders have have not stopped since. I mean, good things that Blizzard has done though. Um, Timeless Isles and the Thunder Isles to extend, remember, that extra long gap at the end of Mists of Pandaria. Those were fucking brilliant in terms of, I mean, that that was honestly being on those islands with those other players during that, that period of time was some of the best community I felt since Classic, for crying out loud. Um, but then a, a recent blunder, the flying issue in Warlords of Draenor. I don't want to hear your opinion on it, Kyle Pett. Because I'm pretty sure you and me differ in opinion on it. I don't want to hear your opinion on it. But their inability to answer, their inability to mediate, their inability to... I mean, you know how toxic the forums were at that time. How hard is toxic. it to just go out and say, hey, we're not putting flying back in in this expansion because it turns out it makes this really fucking hard to design. They Sorry, didn't say guys. that, though. That, the end. They, they said the they? first part. They didn't explain why. <laughs> That's what the community No, they hated. did. They did explain why at one point. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was real. They flip flopped a lot too, yeah. uh, over the flying, um, because there were two very loud vocal minorities on the forums. Right. There were the pro flying and there were the pro ground. And they every time Blizzard kind of went in one direction, yeah. that opposite camp got up in arms. Um, terrible, terrible community. I, I don't know how they could have played it differently, but a company that big, transparency would should have be. Yeah, they should be able to well, do it better. I think. I think great. part of the problem is I don't know whether at the time when they made that announcement. I don't know whether they had decided what they were doing regarding flying. You either design the expansion for flying or you don't. Whether they were going to add it back in. Yeah. You make your decision and then you stick. Yeah. If you make your decision for a design reason like that, you just straight up say that. <laughs> I mean, I loved Wildstar coming out and telling me this is a game for hardcore players. Because then I knew that I never wanted to play it. Because I don't have time for a game like that anymore, right? Like I loved that. Be honest. And I knew I wanted companies. to play it. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> Apparently, no one else did. You're not, you know, you're it, again. This isn't the pump and dump, market and advertise up the wazoo, get people to buy, you know, a million copies of your, you know, crappy ass game or whatever, but that's overhyped. And then when they don't like it, you know, whatever, move on to the next project. This is this is different now. Games are lasting a lot longer than they used to. The half-life of a game is extremely long now. Well, I don't even know if we've reached the halfway point for how long WoW's going to be around. 
I could see it being around in another 20 years. I don't know about you guys. Or 10 years. Um, 10 years. It will be. Yeah. But yeah. I think it'll be around in the same way EverQuest is still around. Well, it's... I just like why, you know, a half-life uh, in your book. I don't know what... I don't know about that. Because Blizzard's done a fairly good job about keeping the... Mm-hmm. About updating the... Assets, art. Assets and art and all that. Yeah. The models just to recently keep, got to To keep it. everything relevant. Yeah. The time of MMOs has passed. The time of MOBAs <laughs> has come. MOBAs yeah. are starting to work their way out. What comes next? Nobody knows. Well, yeah. I, I'm pretty excited about Legion, by the way. I feel a point to, add, to just tack this on because they seem to be going back to cool class fantasy. That's the specific words they're using. In fact, you know what? Just watching BlizzCon last year, that that is great PR. And and I thank them for selling me a ticket to advertise to me for three days straight. And I thank them for it. What is yeah, what is dude. wrong with me? But it's good PR. Uh, I felt good about giving them money so they could have. We don't have that much time left. Um, okay. But anyway, I I. I I, I don't know, unless you guys want to add something else. I, I think we've more or less covered the broad strokes of PR and how far behind companies are. Are they going to get to a point one day where they can do it like, you know, the b- big broadcasters have been able to do it in the past than others, other comparable media companies? You know? Honestly, I think it's going to get worse as they go more and more software as a service. I agree. I mean, I, I want to point out <laughs> We there's some things we haven't touched on yet that mm-hmm. I think need mentioning, and I think Kyle will have something to say on this one. Watch underscore dogs. Yes, that's the correct way to say it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> that game was shown at E3 running off of a computer that in no way existed <laughs> in what they were trying to sell. They used different specs. Uh, in the game engine itself that people were able to find later once the game came out, literally listed as E3 demo specs, <laughs> so that you could change the game to do a ton more rendering close to you, but you couldn't like move fast or it would just all fall apart. <laughs> so that they could do their little epic walk around the city and be like, look at the graphics. They just lied to you. And that's all they ever do. Some for some reason, lying to us has become more and more fine. We're, we're fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, your cell phone company lies to you when they tell you what your rate's gonna be when they sell you your phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And people. In just fact, kind they're of still in court them. over that. Your you cable know, company. It's the, the, just. Sorry, that's a, where we are. a good example of, of of transparent and good PR and it feels genuine is what a. a Dustin Brad, yeah, just Dustin Browder is is doing with uh, Heroes of the Storm right now. He's basically become the face of that game. He posts Vine videos on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, actually, longer than Vine videos. I'm not sure what videos. I guess they're YouTube or Cap- something. Kaplan is doing the same thing over on Overwatch as well. Yeah, I mean, and these are. Fa- I feel like, and you know what? I don't. I'm gonna. I'm not, we didn't talk about Heroes of the Storm earlier because you know we're not playing it right now. I, I want to get back into that game just because that they are the perfect amount of transparency and and um, information and hiding some things from us as well because it's it's about managing how you look in the public eye and people look at that sometimes very cynically about just they're lying, but it's the things that they're telling the truth about that matters to me. 
I don't need to know how they're actually making money on their skins and stuff like that. That that sort of stuff, I understand why they want to hide that business model side of things, right? Like, you get me? But when they come out and I'm upset about a change that they made in the game, and they're like, yeah, actually, we're going to hotfix it tomorrow. Or, yeah, we're uh, people have been complaining about Anubarak and... Um, and uh, uh, Arthas for a while now, being kind of irrelevant in Heroes of the Storm meta right now. And uh, <laughs> they just released a tweet. Yeah, actually, those are the next two heroes getting a rework. You know, like, and they're just so on it. Like, they're just so snappy with it now. Um, that's that's good company PR in terms of building a long-term community that's going to stay with you. So that's a good example. To hopefully end on a positive note. <laughs> Yep. Well, if before we end, let's just go over our runners-up, our honorable mentions, well, dishonorable mentions. Would you want to do that? Our nightmares. Did you want to do that in our last segment that we talked about, Andy? I, oh, I, wait, just I have a question that these existed. Wait, wait. Andy, <laughs> I have a question for you. What has you tilted this week? <laughs> well, this isn't this week. This is over the past couple of years. We've we've mentioned a bunch of PR nightmares, and somehow we didn't bring up SimCity. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yes. like it needed because to be mentioned. Sim City is a an, like an hour long discussion in and of itself. Yeah, which it's I'd garbage. have to bone up on We're... first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've... Andy, list continue. Uh, sorry, you've derailed me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. List uh, Sim the, City, the volume. Release? How did we not talk about Batman Arkham okay, Knight? How I, have we not yeah. talked about Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Which one? How have we not talked about Street Fighter? Oh, I these are the most say. recent ones. Street Fighter, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, unfinished, broken-ass games getting released into the wild. Some some so, would say Destiny's launch was pretty tragic too. Diablo three. Oh, I think we mentioned that. We, oh, we Diablo about, three, yeah. real money auction house. Another great example that somehow slipped through the but cracks again, on this podcast. I think Blizzard. Sorry, I, again, just try to steer this towards ending on a like. I think Blizzard's starting to get it. I think they're finally starting to get it. Like their PR has been exceptional recently. The changes they're making to almost all their games are looking to be very much so on the right track. I'm very excited about the future of them. I mean, um, to go back to, to the Diablo 3 auction house specifically, mm-hmm. I, I understand the thought behind why they did it. They mm-hmm. were trying to eliminate the third-party black market that existed yeah. for Diablo 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, they, the downside of that was because you were able to purchase things on the auction house you had to design with that in mind, which made it, mm-hmm. which made satisfying drops harder to come by. Yeah. Yeah. It was more like, like I, I could have put $20 on the real money auction house and bought uh, my character fully geared up for my yeah. build or whatever for just 20 bucks. Or I could have invested 200 hours. Well, yeah. I don't make much money, but I make more than 20 bucks in 200 hours. So, you know, and then if I did invest the 20 bucks, gameplay was over, basically, because I'd already achieved my goals. Yeah. <laughs> the full gear I wanted. So I didn't want to play 20 at 200 hours. And I would make oh. the argument that 
the real money auction has is actually an example of a good PR move because mm. they realized that it wasn't working and they yeah. yes took steps needed to. Not only did they do that counter argument, Blizzard always on a... online day one server. Blizzard is on a roll right now because you know what? Not only did they but, do which, that, which, remove which the was money a design now. decision needed to protect the integrity of that real money auction. Hey guys, how much free content have they given Diablo three since uh, they've monetized it last with Reaper of Souls? Uh, a, a surprising metric, amount. A metric fuckton, I think, is is the actual scientific measurement. <laughs> and they're they're doing this, and it's costing them money. In theory, should be bleeding them money, right? I mean, it's not bleeding them to death, but Diablo three has not made them a, a money in a, in two years, essentially. Pretty impressive stuff. Just gotta say, not all companies are evil and out to get you, Andy. <laughs> but uh, you just derezzed on me. Oh, yeah, no. you did on me too. Hopefully that doesn't. Uh, probably does. Yeah. Well, no. if things go south, well, you were the only one talking, so it was mm. would have been recording on your side. Yeah. So if we're still recording, we should still be good. Yeah. As long as right. I'm not derezzing again. Um, in any event. So with that, wrap let's up. wrap it up. Yeah. Pete, where can they? Can everybody find you? At Brush W Insanity on Twitter. I publish a webcomic three times a week about two wizards just trying to make it in their crazy world at brushwithinsanity.com. And where can the folks at home find you, Andy? I will be streaming Dark Souls at some point when it decides to fucking come out at twitch.tv slash tactic09. T-A-C-T-Y-K-0-9. Watch what you want, or if you don't, I don't really care. And as always, you can find me on Twitter, at KylePet. And if you have comments, questions, concerns, topics you'd like us to discuss, drop us an email at beyondtilted at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay tilty, my friends.